0: Comprehensive, relevant, and insightful conversations about health and medicine happen here on MedStar Health Doc Talk. It's said that time heals all wounds, but does it? For some reason, people suffer when a wound might not heal for weeks or even months. Why is that? What are the risks when a stubborn wound just isn't healing? What is happening in technology and wound care to allow for patients to heal and get back to their lives? To tell us more about healing wounds and saving limbs, we've brought in the regional medical director of the MedStar Wound Healing Institute in Baltimore, Dr. David Zachary Martin. I'm your host, Mike Hsu. Welcome to Doc Talk, and Dr. Martin, thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me, Mike. So the opportunity here to talk about wounds is something that you know, maybe someone people don't think about, but if it's something that's happening to you or a member of your family, obviously it's always on your mind, what would cause a wound not to heal?
1: So, Mike, uh, you know, our bodies are amazing. Uh, when we're born, uh, we're born with the ability to heal. Our bodies want to heal. They know how to heal. When you were a kid, you fell down, you skinned your knee, maybe you washed it off with mm-hmm. soap and water, um, but you didn't think twice about it your mom didn't have to take it to a wound healing expert and two weeks later it was it was all healed as we age chronic medical conditions like cardiovascular disease and diabetes can begin to impair our body's normal ability to heal
0: yeah the, and, and are those two different reasons why it doesn't heal or is it both related to circulation?
1: Uh, they interact uh, with each other, but they can function independently. So uh, diabetes can also contribute to cardiovascular disease, but you can have cardiovascular disease w- without diabetes, and they're both risk factors for non-healing wounds. So
0: what types of wounds then are you, are you presented with? What, are you, what do you see? So uh, the most common types of wounds that we'll see in
1: the wound healing center are uh, venous leg ulcers. Mm-hmm. They're ulcers that are caused by increased pressure in the veins of somebody's body. Uh, diabetic foot ulcers, which are uh, caused by the combination of cardiovascular disease that occurs with diabetes and neuropathy, where you lose the sensation to your foot uh, and, and in other nerves. Uh, we'll also see pressure injuries, which can happen in uh, spinal cord injuries or people with other neurologic conditions.
0: When you say pressure injuries, they're the type of people where they can't move. And so their common terminology may be bed sores, that type of yep, thing.
1: Exactly. Uh, so bed sores, but also uh, if people can't feel their limbs, even if they can move their limbs, uh, they may not notice that they're developing a pressure injury. As you and I sit here talking with each other, we're going to be shifting our weight constantly just almost without thinking about it. Uh, but as people become uh, more frail or uh, lose sensation, that natural ability to protect ourselves is lost.
0: So when you're talking about someone who loses the the ability to feel in their foot or their leg, those type of is it something that uh, almost erupts from the inside, or are they injuring it in some ways and, and they just don't know?
1: So the uh, the loss of sensation is something that happens gradually. It's usually something that's not noticed by the patient. Um, and then it gets to a critical point where all of a sudden these injuries can occur because they're no longer able to detect them.
0: When they develop a wound, it is, it's not from an accident or they've bumped something, or could it be?
1: Uh, both, both things are possible. So in this setting of a diabetic foot ulcer, there is sort of a, a chronic repetitive trauma, just the walking on the balls of the feet uh, can be enough over time in the setting of a disease like diabetes to cause breakdown.
0: Really? Yeah. In that, because there's a couple of different factors going on in there, they don't have great circulation to begin with and they can't feel, and Mm -hmm. it just develops. So, okay. The next question is then what, what happens next? How do you, how do you help them?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, we see a broad range of uh, wounds, but there's sort of two common scenarios that we see a lot in the wound center, really every every day. Um, the one is a patient that's uh, middle aged, maybe a little bit older, that has a chronic leg ulcer. This is somebody who feels like they've followed all their doctor's advice. They've been putting the the salve on, and they've just had this wound. It just won't heal, and it al- almost becomes a part of their identity. Right? I have high blood pressure and a chronic. Chronic wound, so they'll come into the center, and we'll want to reassess. Like, why is this wound not healing? We know wounds want to heal, right? We said that earlier. So, um, in in the in the most common scenario, really, it's about making some minor adjustments in this patient's care. Sometimes uh, it requires a small procedure on their blood vessel, but often it's really just about uh, altering how the dressings have been applied. Maybe adding some compression maybe making temporary lifestyle changes for this patient to allow them to heal. And really, once we get those interventions started, really within two or three weeks, the patient can all of a sudden start to see themselves heal. And that's when they can stop the gloom and doom talk and really start to feel like, oh, you know, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel and they're, and they're getting better, they're feeling better. So that's, that's a pretty straight Forward scenario, and that happens uh, commonly. Um, the other, the other scenario is not so, uh, not so simple. So this is somebody who's uh, a long-term diabetic. They've struggled for years with their diabetes control uh, and their feet. Um, multiple wounds just won't heal, and they come into the center. And what they need is something much more comprehensive than what I described. And this is somebody who needs an endocrinologist to help address their diabetes, an infectious disease expert to address the chronic infection in their foot, a vascular surgeon to perform minimally invasive procedures to restore circulation to the foot, a foot surgeon, a podiatric surgeon who can adjust the balance in the tendons or the structures in the bones to to help the wound heal, but also decrease the risk of the wound recurring after it's healed. And then even a a reconstructive surgeon who can then close the wound. I mean, they're looking for for help, but does that ever overwhelm them? It's a lot and it can be overwhelming. And you can imagine if you're a patient trying to assemble those experts on your own, navigating a healthcare system, or even a primary care physician trying to help your patient and trying to plug them into three different surgical subspecialists and two different medical subspecialists, it, it almost can't be done, right? And so the, the game changer in wound care is really the development of these teams, that it's, this, it's the same players on the team. Uh, we are treating patients together every day. And so when a new patient comes in, we, we all know our position, on that team. And we all know how to, how to play that.
0: A bit like the pit crew that comes in to <laughs> change everything on the car at once. On a that's driver. a great analogy. Yes. Well, yeah. but it is, I mean, cause we've all had to deal with the medical appointments and um, you know, a system that may work for, for, for one group of people may not work for the patient as well. So that coordination is very difficult at times. So that's, that's really, I can see how that'd be a huge benefit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, we think that, uh, you know, that that change within the last several years of really recognizing that these wounds are their own disease entity and require their own uh, multidisciplinary team to treat it is, is really, you know, I, I think everybody that practices wound care eventually is going to be converting to this model.
0: It, it sounds like a, a, a simple question, but what are the dangers then of having a wound that that just won't heal?
1: Yeah, so uh, you know the uh, you've probably heard the skin is our largest organ, mm-hmm. uh, and it protects us from infection. And so when our skin breaks down, we're at risk for infection. And so the longer we have an open wound, the longer we have a risk of that wound deteriorating into something more serious than just a wound that you're coexisting with, which a lot of people will do into something that all of a sudden is threatening uh, the limb, the ability patient's ability to walk and sometimes their
0: life. So if they, so if they haven't, if they get an infection, they have a a problem on top of problem. The the darn thing doesn't want to heal in the first place. And now there's another problem at that exact same site. That's right. The infection uh, causes more tissue
1: damage uh, and uh, makes the wound more difficult uh, to treat and often uh, will necessitate hospitalization and more aggressive treatment.
0: How are you able, or is it just simply, you know, having them make all those stops with the, the different specialists that they need to talk to, to, to develop a plan for each one of them to get them on the road?
1: Yeah, so the, uh, you know, the severity and acuity uh, dictates some of that. Uh, and in in the most acute, sense, this is somebody that has come into the emergency room with a serious uh, wound. And, um, you know, the protocol for us is that all those experts are summoned simultaneously. And so uh, we're not waiting for one person to see it, for the next person to see it, right. and the next person, because that, that's how you add time, because we know that in some instances, that time is translating to lost lost tissue.
0: Well, I imagine that also would be better for the docs themselves because you can run things past each other that allows for immediate good communication and figure out what's not important and what is right yep.
1: away. Yeah, it's that back and forth Dialogue and you know me being able to. I'm a reconstructive surgeon. uh, Me being able to directly talk to the vascular surgeon and really uh, have an understanding for how they are going to go about that problem. Pulling in uh, the podiatrist, letting them explain to me how they are going to go about it because we're probably talking about multiple surgical procedures. And if we're all operating in silos, I was just going to say that it's just not going to help. But once once I know what my other colleagues need to do, we can start to plan those procedures together, we can perform them at the same time, uh, sometimes, uh, but at least we can sequence it in a logical manner.
0: Yeah. And that, that simultaneous, uh, surgeries are when you're all working on Cause if the wound is opened up anyway, and I imagine that is more beneficial to the patient yeah. in plenty of ways.
1: Yeah, indeed. It's, it's not always possible because sometimes it takes some time for the body to, um, uh, Respond to one treatment before you can go ahead for the other. But when possible, if we can do that, we want to be as efficient as possible.
0: Between the, the, the poor circulation and the diabetes aspect of this, it sounds to me like the diabetes is the one that brings you more patients than the poor circulation. Or am I off base on that? So uh, if you look
1: at national numbers and even even within our uh, the MedStar uh, Wound Healing Institute, the most common uh, wound is a venous leg ulcer. Uh, and that is a form of vascular disease, but, but uh, it's, it's on the venous side. If you remember, we have arteries and veins. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second most common is diabetic foot ulcers, and those are particularly troublesome because those are the ones that can lead to amputation and can uh, lead to more serious complications. And then finally, you can
0: have wounds strictly from vascular disease, and those are less common. So the, I'm reading here that the American Journal of Managed Care states that in the United States, every 17 seconds, someone is diagnosed with diabetes and every day, 230 Americans with diabetes will suffer an amputation. Is that something that we can some, reduce as we go forward um, with better wound care?
1: Yes. I mean, anytime you look up the data on da- diabetes, it's staggering, right? You yeah. and, and it's different, it's different numbers. Uh, the one that really motivates me and drives our team is the um, for a patient with a diabetic foot ulcer uh, the if that's not aggressively treated, it can be more it can impact somebody's life more than a common cancer like breast cancer, prostate cancer, or colon cancer and why is that uh, if not properly treated the five year survival rate is worse for a diabetic foot ulcer than it is for those common cancers that I mentioned
0: What evolves that mm. brings us to the that ugly figure? Yeah. So
1: uh, first of all, diabetes itself uh, is impacting multiple organs. So it's not just the wound. The wound becomes the manifestation uh, of that disease, but it's impacting the heart and the kidneys and other organs. But also the lost function that people get from a diabetic foot ulcer uh, results in less activity, and that less activity decreases somebody's lifespan. And with
0: these foot ulcers, uh, I would imagine it might be
1: hard for someone to, to work. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, these Often patients will come already out of work because they've the function has already been lost. Uh, in its most complicated form, uh, when somebody comes in with a really complicated foot wound, and we'll tell them this is a six-month journey we're on. So the care that we're providing is really acute- up front and the healing uh, then takes place after that. But all the things that need to take place to, to really restore that patient is is a journey.
0: And then for someone who has like some of the wounds that we've just described, if they get some other, if they have some other accident or other wound in other parts of their body, is that, is that different because they may have the circulation may be better there or is it, are they still at a higher risk of not? No, you're, you're,
1: you're right on. I mean, most uh, patients with these conditions that we've we've been discussing, if they if they scratch their arm, that's probably going to go on to heal without a lot of complicated intervention, uh, and that is related to uh, to their
0: circulation, uh, which is just
1: better in the upper extremities than it is in the lower extremities.
0: It's such a basic question, but why is the circulation so important <laughs> into making our skin be happy and and heal? That's that's a great question. So uh,
1: the circulation carries our blood, and our blood carries uh, chemicals that promote healing, including uh, oxygen, Mm -hmm. uh, which is vital for healing.
0: And if you're just not getting it, it, uh, it's enough to keep the the skin and the area alive, but— Once it's injured, the demands
1: uh, for those chemicals and uh, the oxygen increase.
0: I would imagine some people, when they come to you, they're they're probably— mentally they're probably pretty tired uh by just uh, f- you know not knowing yep. are they going to get better and they know it's serious how do you how do you also treat that part which has nothing really nothing to do with the leg but everything to do with it
1: yeah yeah thank you for that because i i think that can be an underrecognized part of that condition which is uh people are discouraged uh and they may know they may have relatives who have had similar episodes that did not end very well some of that results in uh, hesitancy to present for care which is uh, you know really leading to worse outcomes for them we want to get them to come sooner but if you know if they feel like well there's no reason to go see the doctor because you know uncle al saw the doctor and it didn't turn out so well but but when we do get them in it's really important first of all to be uh, up front with with what we 're looking at, uh, what we have to do to have a successful outcome, what we need from the patient to have a successful outcome because i'll i 'll tell my patients you know the procedure i 'm about to do is really not that challenging for me to do what 's going to be really hard is what what you have to do after surgery, which is you have to protect this site you're going to have to keep the pressure off of it and you're going to have to do these things and if you can do these things i feel very good about our chances for success but if you can't do these things we're going to we're going to have a hard time and so you have to have this honest dialogue with the patient but then you know there is hope right i mean that's what we're talking about we're talking yeah. about these these techniques do work And we're talking about reversing some of the uh, negative impacts on their health. And so um, some of it requires some trust building. Maybe that doesn't happen on the first visit, right? Maybe it takes a couple visits and now all of a sudden they're like, oh, you know, that is a little better this week. And I haven't seen that before. And so it's, it's it's a dynamic process, but it's important.
0: Yeah, you were talking about the fictitional Uncle Al, but uh, where's the trend line going from sort of when Uncle Al, when it didn't work that good, to today? Are these are these incremental steps in better care? Are, are we seeing a difference now between 10, 15 years ago?
1: Yes. Uh, amputation, uh, so it's, it's two trends that are merging, right? So more diabetes, more diabetic foot ulcers, but... Lower rates of amputation as these teams come together, uh, so that's very positive.
0: This team concept, we have it here. I'm because you described it. Is that is that getting more common across the country because people have seen the success of programs like this? Yes, I. You know the the benefit as you're listening to me is so
1: intuitive to you, and it's the same thing to to uh, surgeons around the country that are trying to take care of this condition because it's it's challenging and and putting the team together can be challenging and that can be a barrier, uh, in itself. And so to, to have that in place is, is everything.
0: It, it can be challenging, putting the team together, just finding the right people or the right management that wants to buy into this concept. And Exactly. It takes an investment. Yeah. So I know that African-Americans sometimes have a harder time with uh, diabetes. Does, is that reflected in the numbers when it comes to wound care as well? Yeah. Uh,
1: so, uh, you know, the, the data for, uh, for African-Americans is, is worse. Unfortunately, They're, Sixty percent more likely to get diabetes. Um, they're twice as likely to have a diabetic foot ulcer, and they're more than twice as likely to acquire an amputation. So how how do
0: we make those numbers better?
1: Early intervention, uh, hopefully awareness. You know, programs like like this where we can really get get the word out, raise the level of optimism for people that we we can we can help you. Uh, and we'd rather help you sooner
0: rather than later because it's it's easier uh, when the problem's small. So, it, well, that led, led me to my next question, Jerry. When someone knows that they uh, but they've been diagnosed as diabetic um, to the point where they may have you know a wound care problem, th- there is probably some time between those two data points. Is there something that a newly diagnosed diabetic can do to try to not ever get to the point where they are going to need someone like yourself?
1: Yes. Uh, so first of all and foremost is uh, monitoring, measuring, and controlling their blood sugars. And just like wound care, that sounds simple, um, but it's it's tough. And but it's everything. And so, well controlled diabetics can avoid these problems all altogether. And uh, part of diabetes education really involves uh, letting patients know that they should be inspecting their feet regularly. So we talked earlier about how neuropathy, the numbness that can come with diabetes, uh, sort of creeps up on you. You don't really realize you, you have it till you have a problem. And so uh, just getting into the habit of inspecting your skin can go a long way.
0: And then I know with, with other diseases or conditions, there's sort of regular screenings and things like that. Do diabetics have that where they you know, they need to see a specialist every once in a while because they'll you know, maybe tickle the feet or do other things, whatever that protocol calls for? It, it, does that happen?
1: Yeah, that uh, typically happens through the primary care physician's office. Uh, after a certain age, they should be getting regular vascular testing to screen for that vascular disease that can be uh intervened upon at an earlier point, and they can be tested for those uh, sense that sensory loss that we talked about.
0: So wrap it up for us. I know we talked about it a bit. Well, it brings us to the MedStar uh, Health Wound Healing Institute. Run me through that.
1: So um, MedStar has recently uh, brought we, what we've had as very experienced teams in, in different regions. Uh, MedStar is a big organization, and we've formed uh, the MedStar Wound Healing Institute, which is now uh, really the biggest or one of the biggest uh, wound healing organizations in the country. And basically, we are putting these teams in place. Uh, We have uh, several teams in Baltimore, and we have several teams in the D.C. area, and um, really just trying to increase access for patients to get this kind of care.
0: Is that that something for a patient that they would ask for it, or that somebody else would flag it and say, "Let's call the team"?
1: Well, I think it would be great if patients knew to ask for it. I think it's a new enough concept that for now, we're hoping to also raise awareness. You know, certainly within the hospitals that we practice, there's a high degree of awareness, and um, uh, the doctors we work with are excellent about flagging. You know, the emergency room in MedStar, they all they
0: all know who we are, and they all know when to when to get us involved. So what's around the pike? Anything on the horizon that gives hope to those listening who may be struggling with wound care?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, we, we talked about the team concept, and that, that to me is the game changer of the last several years. But what's also exciting is research that's actually taking place within uh, the MedStar Wound Healing Institute, looking at techniques that allow for more pain-free restoration of, of function, function means ambulation and really looking at how that is impacting not just the quality
0: of people's lives but actually extending their lives by years. Well, we've been talking with Dr. David Zachary Martin at MedStar Franklin Square Medical Center. Dr. Martin, thank you for your expertise here on MedStar Health Doc Talk. To request a consultation at MedStar Good Samaritan Hospital or MedStar Franklin Square Medical Center, call 888-83 wound, W-O-U-N-D. That's 888-839-6863 or visit MedStarHealth.org.